This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. You know what? As it gets closer to Jesus' return, the road's getting narrower. You know that wide road? It's getting narrower and narrower and narrower and narrower. So, that's just a word to the wise. (laughs) That wasn't even part of my sermon. I'm just thinking about the narrow road. You know, everything that comes across our, uh, you know, Pastor and I, we get a lot of correspondence from different ministers and stuff. But everything that comes across into our mailbox from trusted people of God that we know, there's trusted ministers, they're saying the same thing. You know, it's just getting more and more narrow as his his coming approaches. So, you know, word to the wise, stay out of sin, surrender to Jesus, and you got it made. Amen. All right. Well, let's open up with prayer tonight. I'm I'm. The title of my sermon is Bloom Where You Are Planted. So it kind of goes along with a few of the testimonies that we had tonight. So the title is uh, Bloom Where You Are Planted, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your people tonight have attentive ears, that they're hearing what the word of God has to say to them. We thank you, Lord, that they're receiving it into their spirit. And, Father, bottom line is that they're changing. We're all changing We're going from glory to glory to be more like you, Father, and to serve you in this last day's army. And we give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. All right, so bloom where you're planted, amen. So get a picture of this. How many of you have ever seen a tree? Aren't we good? Don't you know that that I have heard that the roots of a tree go down just as far in ground as what you see above ground? But wouldn't it be funny if you saw a tree that picked up its little roots and decided that it was going to move over here and plant itself right here? Wouldn't that be weird? And then it decided it didn't like it there, so it would pull up its little roots and it would come over here and it would plant itself right here. And it just kept doing weird things like that, just moving itself. Well, number one, the root system would get weaker and weaker because it wasn't where it was supposed to be. So, you don't usually see trees moving themselves around because they are blooming where they're planted. So, yesterday at home, I was working in the flower beds, and I was digging up pastor's mother's tiger lilies and her irises, which I dug up in Paragon, Indiana, at the Snooze Motel, the motel that his parents used to own. Um, they had passed away, and the, the place was up for sale. And so, I wanted uh, something that I could keep for pastor that he could see that keeps on living. And so I dug up those uh, those bulbs and I mailed them to myself in Indiana. I didn't want to take them through the ag station. You know, I might get in trouble. But I had a goal. You know, my, my thing was he's having his mother's, you know, part of his mother's garden. So I mailed them to myself. And uh, so I planted them. And they're perennials, which means they come up every year as compo- as compared to like an annual, which only comes up. Once a year, and you have to go buy them every year, like petunias and all that kind of stuff. But irises and like tiger lilies, they come up every year. Does anybody not know what a tiger lily is? Because they really don't grow here much. You know what a tiger lily is? And you don't? Okay, tiger lily 
is a flower that looks like a, like an Easter lily, only it's orange and has red stripes in it like a tiger. So it's called a tiger lily. Pretty cool, huh? So anyway, so I wanted Pastor to have a spot that he could look at and think of his mother, you know, like when he mowed the yard or whatever. And I want to move to another house. We're getting ready to move. And I didn't want to leave Pastor's mother's flowers behind at the house that we live in now. So that's why I was digging them up. Because I want to take those those bulbs and take them to our new location where we're going to be so that he can still look at his mother's flower garden, even though she's been gone since for one, when did she pass away? Oh, six. Oh, six. Well, it's been a long time now. But you know what? Those flowers are still blooming. Isn't that cool? And so he has that. So I put all the, the I put some of them, those in a cardboard box and covered the bulbs with the dirt that they were already growing in. And, uh, you know, when I plant, replant those bulbs, they will, they will, multiply and they'll start going again. So I thought about those plants and I thought about as believers we need to bloom where we're planted. Amen. Military people when they move, they don't usually have a choice on where they're being transferred to. Usually they get moved every 3 years and they have to pack up all of their belongings. I know because I was a military, I was an army brat. And uh they have to leave all their friends behind and everybody that they had become acquainted with. And away they go. Now, I personally, I have never. Now, see, you guys, most of you grew up in Barstow, in in a town where you, you know, you grew up here, and you see high school friends. You may see them at the, high, you know, Walmart, whatever. Never once in my entire life have I ever seen anybody I graduated from high school with. Never in my entire life did I ever see anybody. From Venezuela, where I, where I lived when I was a kid with my dad was in the army. Never saw anybody from Venezuela. I take that back because my sister, Sue, who's since passed away, married, uh, one of the soldier's sons. Yeah, so I take that back. So I did get to see him a lot. But for the most part, people that I went to school with have never ever seen them again. And so, uh, you know, some military people, I'm gonna, on this military kick, they may move from a, a beautiful place like maybe Fort Drum, New York, which is up in upper state New York. It's beautiful up there, nice and green stuff. Or they, maybe they moved here from Virginia, you know, the army base there where it's green and stuff, to, to, to a desert Fort Irwin. Well, believe me, that's a shock to your system. But on the other hand, if you have grown up in, in the desert area, and you, I've heard people that have gone for like visits to the Midwest and they get claustrophobic because they can't stand all the trees. They make, they feel like they're, they're closing in on them. And so isn't that unusual? But we're supposed to bloom where we're planted. Um, you know, military people can still bloom even though they're, they move every three years. Think of the Schoenwalls. You guys remember the Schoenwall family? Man alive, they were the most. And then, and then the, the other couple, uh, Jacob and Heather, Woodhurst, they were here all the time, drove 40 miles from Fort Irwin all the time. But the Schoenwalls, they, they just jumped in, they rolled up their sleeves, and they were so active in this church. And I will forever have this picture ingrained in my heart of, and you know what I'm going to say, of uh, Kimber vacuuming the hallway back here with one kid on her back, one kid on her hip, and I don't know, probably another one attached to the front, you know, and she's vacuuming. And I'm thinking, man alive, but she bloomed where she was planted. And then they got transferred down to San Diego, and so she's active in the church down there. She just keeps blooming wherever she goes. Well, how about some people that have been around forever and they're still not blooming? They're kind of wilty looking and kind of dried up and yucky at the roots, you know what I'm saying? 
But we don't want to be that way. Hallelujah. All right. So you have a choice. We all have a choice. We can either crawl in a depressive hole or we can look around at the beauty that God has made and we can bloom where we're planted. Amen. One thing that involves not blooming is griping and complaining about your surroundings. Oh, my gosh. How many of you have ever heard people griping and complaining about their surroundings? But if you don't like your surroundings, change them because you as a born-again believer are an agent of change. You have the power within you to bloom wherever it is that you're planted. You have the power within you to be somebody in the place where God has you at a given time. You are the thermostat of any situation where, where you find yourself. You are not the thermometer. See, a thermometer tells what the temperature is. It's 72 in here, whatever. But a, 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 a thermostat is somebody that, that can change it and make the, make the situation change. So, for example, um, so what's wrong with your work? You know, what's wrong at your, at your work? You're planted there, right? You are planted at a job. So, what are you going to do to change it if there's something wrong at your work? You've got to be the one that changes it. And I just want to tell you something. Nothing irritates me more than if I go to an apartment store, or grocery store, or whatever, and their cashier is griping about her job. I just want to send her to the moon. I think you need to be, you need to be thankful, number one, you've got a job. You know? And it makes me want to go tell the manager, you know, you got somebody over here complaining, you know, and, and I don't like it. But I never have done that yet. But that doesn't mean I never will. But I think that that's a terrible thing to gripe about their job. You know, if you're if you're there, I went I went to the line at the Walmart the other day, it's a couple of weeks ago, and this lady, she wasn't very the cashier wasn't very happy. You know, it wasn't Irma. Irma's always happy. Well, what, she wasn't happy at all. And she was griping about the, the, the gripey people coming through her line. You know? I mean, get a picture of this. She's griping because they're griping. And so I said to her, I said, well, praise the Lord. I said, you know, you know, you just change it. You change it. You change it. I was planted right there at the Walmart in the cashier line there. You know, I said, you know what? I said, praise the Lord. You know, praise God. You know, this is the day that the Lord has made. You know, we're going to rejoice and we're going to be glad in it. And she kind of gave a half smile. Yeah, I'm a believer. And I'm thinking, well, show it. You know, <laughs> let's have a little love sprinkled around here. You're not doing a very good job. You know, so what is your problem at work? You be the one that changes it. Don't be the gossip there. You be the one that, like Pastor Dave said this morning, at least say something nice about people when they're when they're bad-mouthing you and whatever they're doing, you say something nice back about them. So what is the problem at school? You know, a lot of you kids are still in school. What are you going to do to change it? One thing you can do, like if a class discussion is going on and uh, they're talking bad about God or they're saying stuff that you know from the Bible isn't true, you can raise your hand and you can tell them what the truth is. Now, the rest of the kids may laugh at you. The teacher may scold you. But you know what? You've stood up for God. You know what I'm saying? Remember I told you at the women's forum, you need to learn how to stand alone. If everybody else is doing it wrong and you're the one that is doing it right, you learn how to stand alone. You bloom right where you're planted. Amen. Oh, I love it. So at church... You know, are you going to bloom at church? Or are you going to wither away and crawl and gripe out the door? We used to have this lady that we used to have this couple that came here. 
the the the, the gentleman, the the husband got gloriously saved. I mean, this man was he just got gloriously saved, and and I was so proud of him. But he had this stupid woman. You know, I'm still writing my book, Women They Can Make You or Break You. And I let Josh and Julie read it, you know, to kind of correct some things. And they said, well, Mom, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do that. So that was at the beginning of the year, so I haven't gotten back to it yet. But I will eventually. So this guy's wife, she griped about everything in the church. She griped about my workers. You know, all you guys, you might consider you my workers. She griped about the workers. She griped about the nursery. She griped about this. And she griped about that. So I started in my popcorn prayer. You know what it is? Lord, get her out of here. So finally she griped her way out. And then she continued to gripe, although she wasn't here. And she pulled her husband, who had been gloriously slaved, she pulled him back into being a defeated person in life. I don't, you know, I don't know what the deal is now. But they still, she still griped and complained all over town. So then you know what my next popcorn prayer was? Lord, get her out of town. Finally, they moved. But you know what? That woman could have had, she could have helped her husband. You know, she, she was so prideful about what she thought was her great Christian, everything that she knew, and she didn't know diddly squat, but she didn't back her husband up. And you know what? I mean, to, as far as I'm concerned, the whole family is just living a defeated life because she just spent more time griping instead of you know, coming in and blooming where she was planted. When she was here, she could have helped. She could have been a help. She could have been a blessing. She could have been cheerful. Instead of me having to sit with her after service every every Sunday to listen to what her current gripe was, you know, don't like it. Think about this. A plant needs certain criteria to grow and bloom. They need soil, right? They need to be in the dirt. They need to have water. And they need to have sun, right? Well, a person needs certain criteria to grow and bloom in church, too. If someone isn't blooming in church, then they're not at all the services. Because they're getting a little bit here and a whole lot not here because they're not here. So they're not blooming. If they aren't blooming in church, then I can tell they aren't. You know, when I get the the list of who shows up at the life groups, their name's never on it. They're not, they're not availing themselves of coming to some of these. And believe me, there's a life group for everybody. You know, several life groups for everybody. Um, if they aren't blooming in helps, in, in, in church, then, they're, then I look out and they're not helping at all in ministry of helps. They're not doing anything in church. They're not blooming. Amen. Look up 1 Corinthians 12:18. Um, I'm in the New King James tonight. 1 Corinthians 12:18. This may be a revelation to some of you. If I can get to my 1 Corinthians, this is a relatively new Bible, so it's hard sometimes to find your spot in the new Bible. Okay, 1 Corinthians 12:18 says this. But now God has set the members are you a member here? If you aren't, you can go through membership classes next time we have them. 
But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleases. Now, isn't that a revelation? You think you're coming here because you want to. You're coming here because God planted you here. Whoa. Yeah. God planted you here. You know? He didn't plant you over at the Four Square. He didn't plant you over at the AG. You know, he didn't plant you over at the Nazarene or the First Baptist. God planted you right here at High Desert Word Center. Isn't that cool? And then we all become this awesome family, you know. The family, the, fa- the church family that we have here, man, there's so much love in this place. And we care so much about one another. And we learn and we grow. And we need to bloom right here where God has planted us. Amen? Let's look up Hebrews 13.17. Hebrews 13.17. says this, Obey those who have the rule over you, and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. We're talking about the local church here. They watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let the pastors do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. You know, that's that's kind of a powerful uh, statement there. But, and you know, some people say, well, I don't want to obey the pastor. I mean, who's he? You know, he just... You know, but that's not what God says. So sometimes people have to change their attitude of what the local church is all about because God's the one that has ordained the local church, number one. God is the one who has ordained pastors and such like that to be in the local church. And as believers, when we come into a body, you know, we submit to the local pastor, then pastor can say, Lord, you know, man, you know, I like what pastor says. When you go to heaven... We're all going to be lined up by pastor samples here. And uh, then the, then Jesus is going to say to him, you know, how, what, what about these people? And he'll start reading off names. And he'll read off, I'm just going to throw a name out there I just made up, Susie Smith. And pastor will say, well, I don't know about her. She left years ago and she never came back, so I don't know what's going on with her. But she's supposed to be in the pastor samples High Desert Word Center line. She's not supposed to be wherever it was she ended up. You know, sometimes people jump from church to church like that tree I was telling you about, you know. And uh, sometimes, unfortunately, people cause trouble everywhere they go, which is sad. You know, you don't want to be a troublemaker everywhere you go. And I'll tell you a secret. You don't, know, you don't want to know a pastor's secret? Pastor Maddox, guess what? We've got so-and-so over here. They're supposed to be over at your place. What do you think about that? Oh, they left mad. You know, they were griping and complaining, blah, blah, blah. Now they're over at your place. You can have them. Well, hey, we don't want them either, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But sometimes pastors do that, you know. If they're, they're tracking people down in town that are causing trouble in a local body, local bodies, if they decide they're going to transplant themselves all the time, then pastors know about it. And you know what that does to us pastors? We got our little antennas up. We're watching you. We're just making, we're just waiting. Waiting to see if you're going to cause trouble in the body. You know, you know what I mean? Because that doesn't fly. We're supposed to bloom where we're planted. We're supposed to grow. We're supposed to mature. 
We're supposed to become fruitful within the body that the Lord places us in. We're not supposed to be sitting on a log or, or sitting, you know, looking like a bump on a pickle or something. You know what I'm saying? We're supposed to be active in doing, in doing something. Amen. So if you're blue, if you're planted in a church, what are you there for? You know, uh, President John Kennedy said this, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. You know, nowadays they got all this socialism garbage and they say, gimme, 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 gimme. I want my government, my country to gimme, 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 you know. And they have lost the mentality of, except for our military, of doing, you know, what they can for the, for the country. But it's the same thing in the church. Ask not what your church can do for you, but what you can do for your church. Amen. What can you do for this church? Amen. What can you do for this church? Hallelujah. Let's look up Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We'll start out at verse 11. This is so cool. This gives you this. You know, you've heard this before, but it should give you the revelation knowledge in your heart. You know, if you don't have it yet, you'll get it after a while if we keep repeating it. You know what I'm saying? About the local church. Uh, Ephesians 4 verse 11 says this. And he himself, meaning Jesus, gave some, we're talking about fivefold ministry gifts, some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. And why did God do something like that? God called these five different giftings into the body of Christ. And Pastor and I try to have all the giftings that come in. Okay, so a prophet that comes in is Dr. Barclay. Judith Harrington to the uh, women's forum. She's a prophet, prophetess. You know, we have, try to have them come in so that you can get a taste of the fivefold gifts of these. Evangelist Brian Besser, my God, he is so awesome. You know, pastor and teacher, you know, sitting right here, pastor, teacher. And so, um, you know, it's awesome that, that God himself set up this for the local church. So what are we supposed to do? Say, God, I don't like that. And gripe and complain about it. No. We're supposed to submit to the fact that God Almighty set this up for us for our benefit. And verse 12 says, why did he do this? For the equipping of the saints. That's you. For the work of the ministry. It's not a bad four-letter word. W-O-R-K. Work of the ministry. We're all supposed to be doing something working within the ministry. For the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ. You know, when we come in here, we build one another up, don't we? If one of us sees somebody else down, man, we're right there just loving on them and hugging on them. And, man, come on, let's go. You can make it, you know, whatever we, we do to, to uh, encourage them. And when did, why do we do that? Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. Or uh, another version says a mature man. We're supposed to mature in the Lord. We're not supposed to be 80-year-old babies. And I really love what Pastor Dave's doing about this discipleship program. And I hope, you know, I hope many of you signed up for that if you feel a need to. And that you're signed, especially if you're a new believer. But if you still feel like you need this, you know, don't be prideful. Sign up. And Pastor Dave will have somebody work with you for 30 days and encourage you and strengthen you so that you can become a victorious Christian person. Because God gets no glory out of us being losers. 
when he has made a way for us to be winners in every single area, right? So, hallelujah. For the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to the mature man, perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I love this one. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. And yeah, yeah, yeah. something new comes down the pike and you're falling for it. Why are you falling for it? Number one, you're not listening in church. Number two, you're not reading your Bible. So you're falling for some off the wall, stupid doctrine and you're getting all messed up. But God doesn't want it that way. He doesn't want you tossed to and fro. He wants you stabilized. He wants you established. He wants you planted. He wants you blooming. You know, think of a sunflower. Woohoo! Aren't they pretty? They're kind of bright and, you know, they're blooming, man. We want to be like, like a sunflower. We want to bloom. Um, let's see. Da-da-da-da. By the trickery of men. You know, in, the la- in these last days, the Bible talks a lot about um, people coming, saying stupid stuff, trickery, you know, deceitfulness, things like that. Cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, which is Christ, the head of the church, from whom the whole body joined and knitted together by what every joint supplies according to the effectual working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. You know, if a, if a church doesn't have a good helps team, we have a good helps team here, but I always strive to make it better because I don't like my uh, department heads in the nursery every week, you know, when they need to be getting strong in the service or my children's church workers or anybody like that. Um, every part needs to do its part. Everybody needs to, to be able to share so that one person over here isn't being overworked. You know what I'm saying? So that they get discouraged. They can't be in a service hearing the Word of God and growing. And they get burned out and then they walk away from God. What kind of a testimony is that? So we have to step up to the plate and be involved in the church. We've got a bloom right here. Amen. We've got a bloom right here. Hallelujah. What else does it say? By, by which part? Every part does its share. Causes growth. In the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, if we didn't have a good helps team, and pastor had to be the the greeter, pastor had to be the usher, pastor had to sign in the children, pastor had to work the nursery, pastor had to go over teach children's church, pastor had to get up there and lead the music. God forbid. Um, then where would the word be? You know what I'm saying? Where would the word be? That's why. Ministry of helps is to help the fivefold, which is all part of the local church, which is all part of this body. Isn't that awesome how God made that? But if you've got people, like I said, are sitting out there like a bump on a pickle doing nothing, you know, examine yourself. What are you doing in the local church? Are you involved in ministry of helps at all? If you're doing nothing, volunteer to do something. If you're only working like doing something like one Time a month, volunteer maybe for another department, another time of the month. You know, help help us to be able to get this this gospel out because the Lord will not grow the church. I've seen it over and over. He will not grow the church 
if there's not helps to back up what he's doing. Because he shouldn't have to be the one that comes over and mows the grass or fixes the irrigation. You know what I'm saying? Other people need to step up to the plate and do stuff like that. But, you know, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So, let's see. Where am I going with all of this? You know, I want to, I do want to encourage you, like, if you're not involved in ministry, it helps, as I said, get involved. Number two, if you never come to a life group, come to something. We have men's meeting. How many men do we have in here? Or the women's meeting? How many women you got in here? That's, those are two life groups. Amen? Or we've got the marriage group. We've got the marriage group. What? Oh, they're lift groups. I said life groups. Yeah, they're not life groups. They're lift groups. That was another church. <laughs> they're lift groups. Living in faith together. They were life groups in India. <laughs> Sorry. No, lift groups. You know, there's, uh, there's the mothers, young mothers, uh, young wives and mothers that meets. There's, uh, what else have we got going on? What? Young adults. Yeah. Young adults. Yes. Yes. And the rooted people. Yep, 40 and up. Yep, yep. Those folks. What else we got? There's one more. Da, 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 da. The family group. Yep, yep. Family group that meets with families. And they have game nights and stuff like that. There's something. You're part of one of those. You know, you're a man or you're a woman. Did others too. You know, then we got them by the age group. You know, jump in one of those. When we have work. Yeah, thank you. When we have work day, show up. You know, I remember when Leanne first started coming to the church and I was painting the nursery back here. And she came and she helped. You remember that day? And she came and she helped me paint the nursery, the infant nursery back here. And you know what? I got to know Leanne. I got to find out she likes horses, you know, horse the horse thing. Found out she was a major in the military. Whoa, that's pretty cool, I think. You know, you don't get to be a major just, you know, sitting around doing nothing. But I got to know her because I was working with her. We were painting a wall. You know, well, what if you're sweeping the floor? What if you're washing the windows? What, you know, but you can talk, you're cleaning the chairs, but you can talk to one another and you can become involved with one another and know one another. There's no reason for people not knowing one another in the local body unless they're hiding out. Now there are people that hide out, you know, they'll come in after everything starts and they'll leave when everything, before everything finishes and they're hiding out. But they're not they're not blooming where they're planted at all. They're withering away and they're dying, which is not good. Okay, and you said FPU. Oh, yeah, Financial Peace University. Josh and Julie have that, what, three times a year, four times a year, something like that, nine-week class on your finances. And they have helped a lot of people in this church turn their finances around. So next time they have FPU, if you've never been, you ought to go. If you've been and your finances are still messed up, go again. Because if you go again, you don't have to pay the second time, right? Or the third time or the fourth time. You're a life member, but you do have to pay the first time. So, I mean, that's that's just outstanding, you know, stuff like that. We also have an outreach team that goes out sometimes, you know, and delivers meals to the homeless or blankets to the homeless or, or stuff like that. So that's really cool. And that really helps you a lot. Okay, let me see what else I got on here. Wrote, written down here. Take ownership of your church. You need to take ownership of it. It's not your church, you know. When you say, my church, when we hear you, 
with our ears say, they won't say your church, I go to your church. When they say my church, then you know they've taken ownership. When they say my church, you know, at home, do you clean up and pick up at your house? Or do you just let everything go to pot at your own home? You know, hopefully you clean up. But you need to take ownership of God's house too. When you're walking in the door, you got trash flying around. Lean over and pick it up. You know, pick it up. It's God's house. It's your house. You come to this house. This is your house. You're in God's house. So let's do stuff to help out. Amen. So you need to begin to bloom where you're planted. You are shining. You are growing. You're being a blessing to others. You're getting out of yourself. You aren't telling them how to run their lives so that they duck when they see you coming. And that's not what we're talking about here. You're an encourager. You tell people they can make it. You tell them I'm praying for you. And you can help one another bloom. Amen. So be somebody that has life itself who brings life to other people and bloom where you're planted. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. So that was just a little exhortation on that. So I hope that helped everybody. So you may uh, stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.